JD Talking Sports. It is Thursday, January 4th, 2018. Thank you, Rock. I gave the wrong date and you called it out and I appreciate that. All right, let's send that right now. Now, interesting. I was talking about Hall of Famers. Well, the 18 that had been uh, Robert, what is it, Brazil from the Houston Oilers about being selected by the, well, nominated by the Veterans Committee. Nominated, I'm sorry, nominated. Not actually selected. And I, I digressed. And he said, what about Otis? What about O.J. Anderson? Otis Anderson, whose son played for UCF. UCF's going on, they're, they're the national champion or some shit. And I was like, listen, come on, guys, enough. Enough. If you played in the SEC, you had a great season, take it for such and move on from there. I think they were having a parade in Orlando for themselves, putting up, a, getting a national championship flag. They wouldn't have done anything at all. And I... Love the enthusiasm. Love it. It's always a good thing when you're that enthusiastic as a program. But you would have got your ass kicked by any of the four teams that were left. I know 18 playoff, hey, that means you would have played the number one seed right off the bat, Clemson. It would have been nice for you to get in the show. I think they should have been given a sh- chance to given in the show. Like the NCAA basketball tournament, 64 teams. They maybe they're the final four in. They, they play the play. Well, not they're better, they were better than playing the play well, playing game. But they would have been... Uh, I could have seen them being a eight seed in the college ba- in the college basketball tournament, getting a chance to go against number one, and see what happens. Not a sixteen; they, they they deserve to be higher, and see what could happen. But we only had four teams, and they definitely weren't one of the four best teams in the nation. Everybody knows it; they know it. So let's move on from that. Now, OJ Anderson, I looked up his stats: six one thousand yard seasons. He had a sixteen oh five his rookie year. Rookie year also made the Pro Bowl that year and was first team All-Pro that year. Made the And then the second year also made Pro Bowl. 28th all-time rushing. Tiki Barber's 26. So I was asking Rock, I said, he, he feels, you know, you should be in the Hall of Fame. And I said, you know what, there's a lot of guys out there that are ahead of him that need to get in before he gets in. You have... Okay, let's see who's not in yet. Well, Frank Gore is now fifth all-time. He's going to have to get in. It's amazing. Everybody, Frank Gore is the only one. Oh, AP, Adrian Peterson, he's also on the list. Edron James is up for this year. Fred Taylor's an interesting case. I thought he had a pretty solid career. Steven Jackson, over 11,000. Corey Dillon, over 11,000. Then he got Warwick Dunn, Ricky Waters, who, well, he, he used to get crocodile arms when he tried to catch the ball. Jamal Lewis. Had a 2,000-yard season. Thomas Jones with the Jets. That's a pretty de- solid career with 10,000. Eddie George is up for the Hall of Fame, too. Otis Anderson, MVP of the Super Bowl also. I just think that there's a lot of guys that can get in before him. and He's probably going to be a veterans committee, and we might, may see him in the future. Right now he's 28th, but LaShawn McCoy should pass him next year. And then on top, of you got Marshawn Lynch. He's going to pass him soon. And Matt Forte is at 97, 96. I don't know how much more he is in the tank, Matt Forte, but I'd like to see him get to 2,000. And Chris Johnson's... The, I thought Chris Johnson had more yardage. Even though it's a 2,000-yard season, he's still in, he's still on at 10,000. Earl Campbell... And Earl Campbell, in his career, which only was eight years... He only had 94... Well, only, but he had 9,400 yards. But those were some pretty amazing eight years. 
Roger, Roger Craig, I remember having a thousand yard rushing and receiving the same season. There's a lot of guys on this list. Jamal Charles is down the list. Jonathan Stewart's down the list. And and, and then I was looking at um, where was even Cam Newton's on the list. Cam Newton has over 4,300 yards rushing. I thought that was pretty amazing. So pretty interesting. I, I appreciate, and also, also, O.J. Anderson. So he 81 rushing touchdowns, five plus five receiving. The 81 rushing touchdowns put him, put him tie for 18th with Marshawn Lynch. You know, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love to I'd love to see him. I, that'd be a cool thing. It's not happening, not happening anytime soon. I mean, he had a hell of a career, Super Bowl MVP, six thousand yard season. I looked up Curtis Barton, ten of a, of his eleven seasons he he uh, ran for a thousand yards. That's consistent as hell. And then I even looked up in the playoffs. OJ Anderson had a couple hundred yard games but then I looked up freaking John Wiggins who only had had over 11,000 yards and only had he didn't even have as many thousand yard seasons I think he only had five compared to six but in that the year they won the Super Bowl in the strike sorting season he had over he had 100 yards all four games in that postseason he had 100 yards and he at one point set the record 166 yards rushing in the in the Super Bowl against the Dolphins remember that that one the one uh Ray ran to the outside, pushed off the Dolphin defender, and chugged in the end zone. I was like, wow, man, that's kind of crazy. And I read an awesome article today by Robert Klemko about a player getting prepared from the Sunday game to play a Thursday game. Todd Davis is a linebacker, was linebacker for the Broncos who was going into free agent this year. And he said, going from sun, after preparing for a, a, a Thursday night football after Sunday game, he goes, it kind of feels like getting in a car accident, trying to recover, and then all of a sudden you get in another one. And pretty pretty amazing. Now he said, when after Sunday's car wreck, he went home and was so tired he went straight to bed. Now news for going, he usually does the Normatec Pulse Recovery System, a cold body sleep provided to each player by the team for home use and paid for in the morning. He said you feel all the sores, the aches, all the stiffness starts to set up when you get up on Monday morning. Normally we come in early Monday and lifts, get all the lactic acid out, but they gave us the morning off. And he even said that there's some games where he would just lay in bed, be up but couldn't get out of bed for hours. I mean, you know what? You need to watch the beginning of North Dallas 40, the opening scene where Nick Nolte is getting out of bed and remembering all the hits from his game. That was as true, I thought, an, uh, a re- reenactment of what happens with a football player. I met a guy, I told, I told this before, in Hawaii, a fullback on the Saints at the time, and he said he was never 100% from the first day training camp till the season ended. Also, the, the, this year, the under trans, uh, Joseph, they introduced a compulsory restoration Friday where the training staff brings in between nine and 11 medical specialists, straight, stretch and massage therapists, three different types of chiropractors, dry need, needling experts, which a lot of athletes swear by. I remember I saw James Harrison had it all over his freaking back to address every need within an hour window. Over time, the window extended to two hours, and the trainers stopped taking attendance because so many players showed up. Yeah, they said it, you know, they said how good it was for the players. It was, and Restoration Friday was meant to get, meant uh, 
to be the decisive blow in the fight to get players back to 100% or as close as possible before the weekend. And Thursday games, you got to do it even faster. You know, they said if you go into Thursday night games with the mental part that you're going to get hurt, you're more likely to have an injury. Any coach, you know, knows, stresses the positive. The mind with some of that stuff without question really helps. And, you know, also most of the NFL has conceded that contact during the two or three days of practice prior to a Thursday game hurts more than it helps, which makes sense. You know, these guys have to more, it's about recovery. And uh, Davis was on a steady stream diet of ice and stimulation. Electric currents are sent to his ankle via sticky electrode gel pads. He goes through uh, Havamat deep oscillation therapy, which creates an electrostatic field that provides brain relief and muscle relaxation, among other benefits. They stick one pad on you and one pad on their hand, and once they touch you, the current goes through. Wow. And, And he also says you can't play less aggressively with injuries also because that's how you get hurt but you can make minor tweaks to your game to protect your body. So he said, now he separated his left shoulder and tweaked his right shoulder. So he tries to avoid full contact, you know, when he tackles to avoid full arm extension. He comes up blocks tighter, driving through around blockers in ways that allows him to keep his elbows close to his core, and he tackles with less wingspan at the point of attack. Imagine that, like all this stuff. Like, And they said he didn't need surgery, but he said, you know, hey, I got to stay healthy and get through the season and then get a new contract for next year. Wow. And before the game, he takes an oral dose of Toradol, which he has to freaking sign a waiver on, which has been... uh, which was recently, until recently had been administered via ejection and was given, taken prophylactically against the advice of a 2012 study by the NFL Physician Society. And uh, the group said not to be used uh, prophylactically as a means of reducing anticipated pain. So basically the players go, you know, numbs the players before. They also call it the T, it's been known as the T train, the line of players standing outside a game day training room waiting for the pain numbing dosage. And Davis says, 25 to 30 guys take it on game day. You know, there's a lot of people on the list. You sign a waiver. I think they give it to us in moderation only once a week. So in the first series, he makes the tackle. He stops Franco on a three-yard game. This is, they're playing the Colts on a Thursday night, which also was the least watched game. Actually, NFL ratings were down, I think, 7 to 9% this year. Yeah, listen, all the kneeling and a lot of games suck this year. They'll be back next year. Listen, it's still the highest rated. You look at the highest rated shows of the year, they're still the highest rated show. There's going to be some drop off. And But this was interesting about Davis that after that first series, he finds a stationary bike on the sideline and rides for a few hundred yards just to get the kinks out. I was sore first coming out. I'd hop on the bike a couple times just to wake my body up a little bit. That's kind of scary. He ended up having two more tackles over 28 saps, snaps. They went 25-13. So they played the Jets on Sunday. You said he was 90%. He said he was about 85% for Thursday Night Football. And they asked him, well, what do you think? You know, do you think with the CBA, you know, should they, you know, you know, get rid of Thursday Night Football games? And he said, you know, listen, he says, uh, a teammate interjects 40th. First, we need guaranteed contracts, health care for life, a private jet, $200 million. We've got a couple things ahead of it on the list. Very interesting. But he does say playing on prime time. He says, any anytime you can play in front of the whole country under the lights is a blessing. It's tough, but I like it. I think we struggle with it, but the Colts do too. Everybody's slower. It's an even playing field, which is interesting. He said it's an even playing field. Just who comes out stronger? So that's kind of good, you know? I thanks Robert Klemko from MMQB for that article. I found it very informative. 
And that's what I always heard that, you know, hey, they're never 100%. But now, like, I'd watch a thing on Jason Witten with Peter King talking to him. And same thing, used to be Monday, instead of rest, he goes right in and works the body right off the bat to get all that lactic acid out, which they used to never do. That's the best thing to do is work, work out all the kinks. I also saw Geostorm today. Basically a different title to a same uh, end-of-the-world story. Good cast, too. Andy Garcia. Uh, what the hell's Ed Harris. The guy from 300's in it. The guy was in the movie 21. Abby Cornish. So, you know, there was a, you know, there's a scene at the end, a dog, there's a, a tornado coming. I always get, to, you know, I see, I always see Peanut. I'm like, oh, no, can't do the dog. Don't kill the dog. And we saw also, we saw Marshall with uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who, interesting enough, has played, now he's played, he's played Thurgood Marshall, he's played Jackie Robinson, and he's played the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. And he's going to play Black Panther next. Now, I haven't heard him at all listed in Best Actor, but he was good. Josh Gad was great. But Jack, Chadwick Boseman, what a confident man that he was. It's, I'll tell you, at first I thought, oh, it's been, I thought it was going to be a little TV movie-ish, but it sucked you right in, man. It sucked you right in. It was really good. I didn't realize how much he, I forgot about he did the, uh, what, the Board of Education 1984 segregation case, which is blank in my mind right now. And he, he went to the Supreme, a civil rights case of the Supreme Court 32 times and won 29 of the cases. See, there's stuff that stuck with me. But he was just such a confident guy. You know, he, especially in that time where, you know, I mean, African-Americans were just treated like shit. Not that they aren't treated. As Rock would say, they're still treated like shit. But even then, it was even, even worse. I mean, they were lynching. And this guy just, <laughs> just beat, beat to his own drum. God bless him. Totally, 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 you know, never had really read a lot about him. But hot damn, he was good. And then we saw Lady Bird, which I had no interest of seeing. Greta Gerwig directed it. I think it was based on her life. She grew up in Sacramento. It's about a girl who grows up in Sacramento. And it's that, that's, what do you say her name? Soros Ronan, the girl from Brooklyn. She's fucking phenomenal, man. Laurie Metcalf was in it. And the guy who did uh, August of Sage County, Tracy Letts. Let me tell you, that movie was freaking rock'em, sock'em. There was some, I was telling Gumbo Chef about it. I was like, you got to see this freaking movie. It was amazing. I have been pleasantly surprised. So, you know, I, I saw Three Billboards. I liked it. I saw I, Tanya, which was a tough movie to watch. But, I mean, everything this year has been really, some really good movies this year. I hope Chadwick Boseman gets a nomination. That's all I'm going to say on that front. And then it was interesting. I was talking to Lithuanian and Laser. I said, you know, do you think uh, Starks deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Now, you know, I'm pushing him right there. But then I thought, well, maybe that's a little too much. But you know what? He said, you know, he has, his, Nick, his number has not been retired by the Knicks. The Knicks haven't even re- retired that many numbers. They actually... Oh, and Serena is not going to play the Australian Open. She just doesn't feel like she's where she wants to be yet. She says, I'm super close, but I'm not where I want to be. She waited until as last possible, as long as she could before letting... The tournament chair, Craig uh, Tiley, knows know that she was not going to do it. So you got her out. You have Annie Murray out. You have uh, Stan Varinka out. You have... Who, who else is out? Oh, uh, Djokovic is out. It's going to... Oh. Now, Nadal. I don't think Nadal... Nadal's dealing with injuries. 
I guess we'll see what happens. But I'm kind of, I'm just kind of bummed. I wanted to see her play in this. But at least she's honest. She said she's not ready, and I, I totally respect that. She'll be back. Hey, and freaking after you play tonight in this freaking snowstorm, I, I went to train this morning, took Peanut to the to get groomed, and that was it. I mean, it's crazy outside, and tomorrow's supposed to be, I got to go work on Saturday. I'm like, I heard they got a foot down and snow down the shore. That's where I got to go. Who knows what's going to happen, but the Knights improved to 5-9 and nine over Central Connecticut Blue Devils, 88-71. Good for them. Get that win. I was like, thank God, man. How Leonard Fournette, man, got all his linemen and reserves freaking Rolexes for rush, for helping him rush for 1,040 yards this year. So they asked him, oh, I looked at the ass, they said, uh, since he plans on rushing for 1,000 yards every season, you know, he's asked if he's going to give similar gifts to his linemen each year. He didn't seem so certain about that, though. We'll see how it goes. Dude, once you start, you can't stop. You got to suck it up and help your guys out, man. He also had their initials in the back and an engraving from him. I thought that was, you know, classy. My dad said classy move. And I just read that the DeMarco Murray is going to miss the game against the Bills. Oh, I'm sorry, Kansas City. And that's and and uh, Pats are training today in the snow. Belichick said, no, hey, no days off, man. And they're, they're going to host, they have the game a week from Saturday, the 8-15 game. You know how fucking cold it's going to be in in uh, Foxborough? January 13th, 8-15 at night, those tickets. Talk about freezing your balls off. They don't give a fuck about the fans. Why don't they make, make the games? Well, thank God they're doing it later because i got to work. I'll be able to watch those games. But So DeMarco Murray suffered a third-degree MCL Missed last week, missed this week. And Titans, uh, Derrick Henry said he was soft against the Jaguars in Week 17. Well, he's going to have to step up. They're going to need him to freaking be more than soft. You are a Heisman Trophy winner. It's time to step up and show your shit. Oh, so I was talking about John Starks. So the Knicks haven't really... They only... One, two, three... Eight numbers they've retired. Eight freaking numbers. Walt Frazier, Dick Barnett, Earl Monroe, Dick McGuire, Willis Reed, Dave DeBusher, Bill Bradley, Patrick Ewing, which is really the only one I got, and Red Holtzman. That's it. And Red Holtzman, 613, because that's the number of victories he had. And I was kind of surprised about that. So we talked about Starks. And the 613 is because that total wins accomplished by Red Holtzman. Now, Oh, and, and Lady Bird. Listen, every fucking movie I watch with my mother, there's a sex scene. Lady Bird, sex scene. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? My mom goes, eh, goes, without fail, if there's a movie I watch with you, there's always sex scene. I was like, here we go again. I was like, what the hell, man? I was like, really? Now, so I was talking about Starks. Eight years as a Nick, 602 games. And he started less, started about a third of those games. Average over 14 a game, almost uh, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal a game. Now, he'd made one all-star game in 93-94 where he averaged uh, 19 a game, six assists, three, I'm sorry, six assists, three rebounds, and almost two steals. 92-93, all defensive, all, all NBA defensive team, first team. And 96-97, he was sixth man of the year where he averaged about 14 a game, three rebounds, assists, and a steal. And when I saw the names that were up there, I thought, well, you know what? I don't remember 
Dick Barnett putting up these. I mean, he was a solid player, but I don't remember Dick Barnett's stats being. Now, Earl Monroe, yeah, definitely. Willis Reed, definitely. The Busher. I feel like the Busher has a thing up there for five years. Well, and Bradley, well, Bradley was a long time Nick. Can't listen. Ewing, Ewing changed the franchise. They were shit when he got there, and you know, hey, they made a made a finals. I feel like you know. I, I said we should write a campaign. I said you know. I feel like uh, I feel like Starks for all he did during those eight years. I know he had that terrible game seven. They're always going to talk about where he kept shooting it. But I tell you, man, I I, I think uh, I think he warrants. He, he was a hell of a ball player, man. I I think I said we should get him in the Hall of Fame. And after looking over his stats and everything, I was like, let's 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 see if we can do something about it. Okay, now New York Times had an article by. Well, excuse me, Sam Manchester. He talked about the fastest man. You know, no offense. He said, no, no disrespect to Deion Sanders, but everyone knew he was the fastest man in the field. Nobody caught prime time. But if you watch the NFL teams today, a lot of fast guys. He goes, and you shouldn't go by the forty time. And he said, the fastest guy. There's a company, Sports Sport Radar, that figures out which players were the fastest this season. And the fastest player in the fields, not necessarily the ones who run the fastest time at the combine. And people talk about, you know, players talk about the difference between, <laughs> sorry, game speed and track speed. So who was the fastest player? Leonard Fournette, 240-pound wrecking ball. He ran a 4.51 at the combine. So within 53 other players and 10 running backs. But his speed of 22.05 on a touchdown run early this season was the fastest from scrimmage. And he's a game speed guy. Now, com- combine speed is overrated, said uh, Ram Speedser Tavon Austin. It might give you a good luck to see where, what you can run in a straight line, but football's not played in a straight line. It only matters when all the 22 guys are on the field and what, you, what your real speed is then. So that was kind of cool. Oh, and, so I put on the Warriors game. Warriors are playing the, played the Hardenless Rockets. And they went on a 16-1 run when I just said on. So Warriors won 124-14. Draymond Green. Look at Draymond Green, man, dude. 17 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Listen, he does everything. I don't think he gets the credit. Listen, that guy will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Draymond Green does everything on the goddamn court. When his career ends, his stats might not show uh, like these blow these these sexy stats he has, but he does everything that team needs to win. And that's the kind of those are the kind of guys you win with. You need you need glue guys. He's the glue guy. He makes them, he makes, you know, the sun rises and sets with him. They need him. Listen, what happened? He got suspended. Cavaliers won the series two years ago. That was a big, big reason why he they didn't win. And what do you think about this? Okay, they're going to retire Paul Pierce's number 34 jersey on February 11th prior to meeting with the Cavaliers. Now, he doesn't want them to do a tribute video to former point guard Isaiah Thomas. He says, I'm not saying Isaiah shouldn't get a tribute video, but on February 11th, the night I get my jersey retired, I'm not sure I want to look up at the Jumbotron and see Isaiah highlights. He said, uh, ESPN's Chris Forsberg. He uh, also brought up being in Los Angeles when the Lakers retired Kobe's number eight and number 24 jerseys early, early this year. He said, I enjoyed watching that throughout the game. Hopefully the Boston Celtics will, will do that for me. I'm not sure I want to see an Isaiah video that night. Danny H said, you know, uh, that... Uh, a planned tribute to Thomas will air during the February 11th game after Thomas set out Wednesday's game between the two. 
Now, Pierce spent the first 15 years of his career with the Celtics. He ranked second in franchise history with over 24,000 points, third with 1,102 games played, and seven... Wow, second in franchise history points, third with 1,182 field goals made. Now, hey, he's honest. That kind of pissed him off. He's like, hey, dude, you know what? I feel like, you know what, if you're retiring the guy's number, I feel like it should be about him. I, I'm sorry that Isaiah Thomas is coming back, but I feel like it should be a Paul Pierce day. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I said, you know what, come on, that kind of sucks. I think he deserves a little better. You know what, I'm, hey, Isaiah comes, let off Isaiah's own day. But if you're going to retire my goddamn jersey, you know what, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think it should even be up for discussion. Right? Am I wrong? I don't think so. I don't think I'm wrong at all. No, I, I, that's that's what I feel. That that that, that that that's what I feel. Yeah. Oh, and I I have OJ's. St- yeah, we're in for two two hundred yard games in the in his playoff career. Oh, and you know I, I didn't realize Rock City had uh, touchdowns in two Super Bowls. So I looked at the stats at eighty six. He had two carries for one yard and a touchdown. <laughs> but he had three touchdowns in his, over 400 yards in uh, six and two they went in his playoff career. God damn, man. You can look up. It's amazing. It just this, At the tip of your finger, you get all these stats. And KP said he's tired and misses Tim Hardaway Jr. Hopefully Tim will be back and take some pressure off me. Dude, you're going to be tired for a long fucking time, so you're going to have to deal with that shit and move on. Kitty sat out tonight's game with a strained right calf. And actually, the Greek freak is ahead of LeBron in the East. He leads the East in the All-Star voting. I, hey, listen, guy's amazing. I hope he just has he gets a chance to play for some meaningful games. Because I don't want to see his career wasted. That guy is phenomenal. And today is the anniversary of Bill Belichick. 24-hour reign as Jets head coach. 18 years ago today. How about that? Arizona State and Colorado headed to a Headed to overtime, tied at 74. I know you need to know that one, but that just popped my phone, so I had to say something. Yeah, Andy Murray out with a hip injury. That sucks. Oh, I love this. Jacksonville put up a tweet saying, a limited amount of unused tickets will go on sale to the general public tomorrow at 3 p.m. And the Bills go, wait, wait, wait. Unused tickets from the Bills? Fake news. We didn't return any tickets. In fact, the next time you need help with the sellout, we'll take more. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like, wait, 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 we'll take him. We'll take him. Oh, and uh, Steph and Kay, uh, Clay Thompson combined for 57 points, 10 for 20 on threes. I thought that was great. Bill's like, hey, we didn't say that shit. Yeah, telephone ratings went down 9.7% this year. Was watched by 1.6 million fewer people. Yeah, yeah, the format was great with the television commercials and try to speed up the game. It doesn't speed up. They still go to too many fucking commercials. Sunday Night Football. Still was finished first in primetime this fall for the seventh consecutive year, besting American Idol for the longest hold in the top prime spot since 1950. It's 18.2 million Viewers beat the second-best primetime show, Thursday Night Football on CBS, by 29%, its largest margin ever. Yeah. It's all just numbers. You know what? Listen, they're still kicking ass with everything. You know what? It's like, come on. Let, 
Let's get over this shit. Oh, and Usher was the game. Usher got crashed into by uh, uh, Trevor Ariza and Steph Curry. I love when I love when famous people are at the games. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Makes me makes me happy. Makes me so happy. All right. Now we talked about what, for Rock. We talked about OJ Anderson. A lot of guys who have get in before him, but maybe he'll get in a couple years. I definitely think they should retire Stark's number, the Knicks. So Lithuanian Laser, I agree with you 100%. I'm with you. I feel your pain, and I love you. And I've got a cold. You hear me sneezing. So C. Lady Bird, C. Th- uh, C. Marshall, not, not the football team, the actual Thurgood Marshall. Very good movie. Can't wait to see Black Panther. Geostorm, eh, it's okay. It's okay. All right. Now, trivia question from last night. Who was the only tight end in NFL history to have three straight 1,000-yard seasons in a row? Greg Olson. It's a nice trivia question. How many 5,000-yard passing seasons has Big Ben had for the Steelers? How many 5,000-yard passing seasons has Big Ben had for the Steelers? All right. The Nets... Our Knicks are off until, I think, tomorrow. I think they play... They're on the road trip, aren't they? They're lost in Washington. They are playing the... Tomorrow is January. Yeah, they're playing at Miami. Then they have. Then they can play at Dallas, and then home for Chicago, and then at Minnesota, yeah. They got a lot... Come on, got to get that win tomorrow. We got Wild Card Weekend, and I think we have the FCS Football Championship Series game tomorrow. No, Saturday. It's on Saturday. I'm going to miss the goddamn game, but that's on Saturday. I think it's James Madison. I got to check that out. All right, folks, that's all I got for today. And even all that, I got, you know what? It was a good day. Watch some movies. Well, read about some sports. I like that story about Davis by Klemko because I always thought the players never were 100% and definitely. And it's interesting. The thing he said was when they they beat the Jets actually that Sunday, they shut them out and they said that actually that they didn't have to play as much and that helped them get ready for Thursday night game. They said if it was a rougher game, it might have taken them a little longer to get healthy for the game. But basically, he, was an, he had an ankle injury that happened early in the season, and he said, listen, it's never 100%, but he plays through it. He just doesn't want to miss any games. So these guys are just banged up the whole goddamn season. So their pain threshold's through the fucking roof. That's all I got to say. That's all, man. So Thursday Night Football, yeah, the games usually suck, but it's interesting how we said they're both on an even playing field because everybody's dealing with the same bumps and bruises. But a, players, a lot of players are getting seriously hurt in these games because their body's not recovered enough to play. That's the one thing that I think that would change. And listen, we got enough football on Sunday and Monday. That's enough. You don't need Thursday night football. But, you know, they're going to keep doing it because money talks and bullshit runs the marathon. All right. Have a good night. Peace out.